Welcome to a very special edition of the High Flyers Wrestling Podcast. It is I, the one and only Dom, aka the Great Muda of Smoking Buddha. And look, man, I'm here with my boy Terry, and I'll let you introduce yourself, sir, because I won't be able to do it justice. What's going on, fam? What's good with y'all? You know, it's your boy Terry, you know, the one and only certified G, keeping it real around here. Oh, by the way, I have a new title that you can go ahead and add in there because as of today, I am your reigning, defending, undisputed fantasy football champion. Congratulations, sir. Fuck fantasy football. I mean, you're only saying that because you lost every game this season except the last one. Bro. How did everybody get hurt or suspended on my team? All my good players either got hurt or suspended. Like, what kind of – you not hurt for you, you might as well just call your team the mean machine. You had all the convicts. Basically, I had all the throwaways. But um, we are here to give our best – well, best and worst of the decade awards, or the AEW's case, um, the best of the year. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, giving it, it to you all. We are going to jump it off of Monday Night Raw. And I'm intrigued to know who did you have? Now, they didn't have to, you know, obviously they didn't have to spend their whole 2010s on Monday Night Raw. But as far as, like, who do you feel dominated Raw this decade? Here comes the hate for this one. Your boy Brock Lesnar. You bullshitting. Cause that's exactly who I picked too. <laughs> this, 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 this is one of them that I thought she was gonna actually hate because I picked Brock Lesnar. Nope. Dead ass serious, cause since that man came back in 2012, this nigga has ran through the who's who of WWE. And he's he's in it the streak. Yep. Beat the shit out of Super Cena at SummerSlam. And Roman a couple of times. Ran through DX. Literally all his championship victories has been like against future Hall of Famers. Yep, pretty much. So, you know, the Goldberg debacle. The long reigns as champion, even though, you know, we talk about the ghosts. The man has done what he's done. You could, it's it's kind of undisputed. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really have. N- I had some honorable. Basically mentions. covered it. Who was your who was who was your honorable mentions? At CM Punk. Just because yeah, of the summer punk. You know, the pipe bomb, few with Taker, few with Triple H. The, the Rock. Fact that he left the business, The Rock, and he still remained relevant in the business without even wanting to have anything to do with the business. It's kind of hard to just say he ain't like Mr. Monday Night Raw. You know what I just thought about? When he had when he had turned on The Rock, when he was going for the people's elbow, he just clotheslined the shit out of him. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about right there. Let's go, Phil. 
and you're not gonna like it, but we can't deny it. You have to throw you have to throw Roman in there as an honorable mention because even though the majority of it was forced, we can't just sit here and not make it seem like he has not put on a lot of great matches. I mean, like his time on Monday Night Raw. That and coupled with the fact that he's technically had one of the better promos of the decade for Monday Night Raw, and it was only five words. Five words. Five words. This is my yard now. And just, just sat there for like what ten minutes, and just let, and just sat there and let them boom. Like, so I mean, yeah. Um. Now, as far as the worst male superstar of the year, I chose Austin Aries, and here's why. For one, I don't know about you, but I've watched Austin Aries like basically everywhere he's been. So when he came to NXT, I was I was lit. However, he spent more time on the on the sidelines and actually in the ring, so he didn't really get a chance to like show what he can do. But that match that him and I think yeah him and Neville had on the WrestleMania kickout show for the Cruiserweight Championship, which could have easily been like on the main show, right? Three months later, he was just gone. Like they released him like three months, <laughs> like three months after that. And then when you like hear what happened, you know what ended up happening with him. You know he lost the championship to Johnny Impact, and then he just like got up and was like, "I help y'all." Like I feel like he was too talented. To be utilized the way that he was. Now, granted, it's all self-inflicted, so I can't just make it seem like it was like WWE fault. But I feel like the potential that he could have brought to NXT, hell, even the 205 Live at the time, like that was like one of my biggest disappointments of the decade. So for me, it's Austin Aries. I mean, I I give you that one. I mean, you're not gonna agree with mine at all because I definitely picked Holman Reigns. Just because every time they attempt to force him down the, down on us, the crowd pushes back. And instead of trying to make some type of change or tweak to his character or push somebody else in the way that you're pushing Roman, you wait six months, have him feud with Baron Corbin and say, here, here you go. Here's the same thing, the same way. No change yourself, you know, who he feuded with beforehand. I mean, there's logic to your reasoning, so I I can't. I, I mean, can't be mad think about it. Character development wise, he's the weakest out of the chill. True. Yeah, I'm not denying it. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. If it wasn't for real life, Issues his character wouldn't he wouldn't have evolved as far as it has. I agree with that because that really did kind of help you know people look at him a different way too. Like after you know everything that happened, but that's interesting though. It's gonna be interesting to see what people say when they hear this too. By the way, because yeah, I can already see the the Roman fans just ready to get dead on your ass now. Um, for this one wasn't really as difficult to choose even though i can kind of see where your choice probably end up going but for me 
my female superstar of the day is Mercedes, a.k.a. Sasha Banks. Now, look, I know the whole not being able to successfully defend her title, you know, and shit like that, but that's more of a WWE thing. Um, what was it, like 2015, I want to say, when her and Charlotte and them got called up and she aligned with, with Team Bad. Now, yeah. think about this. She won the Raw Women's Championship four times. She is a inaugural champion. Actually, she was the reason why those belts even existed. Well, one belts even existed in the first place. Besides the right. other besides the other horsewomen, she's had fantastic matches with everybody. I mean, her best match in WWE. Um, and my Hard thing is, is yeah. she was in the first, you know, first women's hell in the cell match, and so I, I would say it's Sasha Banks because I feel like the level of consistency with the match, like that, says a lot. From, you know what I'm saying? And she's gotten better, like even if you look at her now, you know what I'm saying, over there on SmackDown. So yeah, for me, it's Sasha Banks. I mean, for me. And you're probably going to expect this one. I went to the other half of the horsewoman spectrum and I chose Charlotte just because, you know, she was Divas champion, first WWE women's champion of the new bro, mm-hmm. Raw champ, uh, women's champion. She's had some hella five reigns. Um, Main event at Raw, main event at pay-per-views as Raw Women's Champion. So I have I had a couple of other choices and Mercedes wasn't one of them, but I do like your reasoning for them. I did think of AJ Lee. Mm. Just because she was a wrestler in the Divas era. Lace of my chest. And then I also thought of uh Nikki Bella, just because of her of evolution as an actual wrestler, because she she came a long way from what she used to be. I can't be mad at that. When you think about it, yeah, especially with that whole Divas Butterfly ugly ass belt, she her reign was actually meaningful back then. So I. Yeah, yeah, she she kept it relevant for those three hundred and something days she was champion. That's true. And during that time period, you know, it was extremely hard. Yeah, that that's true. Backstage politics are not, you know. You're not gonna like my twist of words, female superstar here. So I'll re- I'll let you go first and let us know. No, Ooh. you go first. <laughs> it's your girl, Mandy Rose. <laughs> she ain't been in WWE that long. Ass, man. She is so ass, fam. Like, literally, that's all. That's, that's it. Like, she's. Especially now, like, with the women being more focused on actually wrestling, and she's just more. Okay, which is fine, you know what I'm saying? Everybody get into it for their own reason, but 
just that y'all tried to make her one of the stars out of tough enough. Man, fuck, man. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to hear yours. She had the opportunity to be great because, like you said, they were going to make her a star out of tough enough. If she would have actually took the the wrestling thing serious, like our boy Velveteen Dream, she could have probably been a multiple time women's champion right now. My choice is the other Bella, <laughs> Brie. I hate to reference it because you know it's it was a two lane street, but the Liv Morgan botch had a very big role to play in this, but that wasn't her only botch. In the 2010s, because I can't even say during her return, because she had a hell of a lot of them. She might as well be called Archbella if you want to keep it 100. Mm. It's a suicide dive, too. And I mean, she was also the Bella who had the storyline with Stephanie McMahon that ended up with Nikki turning on her and Elbow or Fort Ormond the shit out of her. I wish Mr. you go ahead and say it. It is like, <laughs> bro, worse. Well, that could be good quality. That could be the promos of the decade, right, sir? Yeah. You go from AJ with the best to, you know, Nikki and Brie with the worst. Oh, shit. We know we're going to um, get to these tag teams. This one was kind of hard, though, to be honest with you. I don't know for you, but... It wasn't hard. It wasn't actually, you know, too difficult for me to choose this one. Not for Raw. SmackDown gave me a little bit more trouble than Raw did. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Now, for Monday Night Raw, I actually chose a new day. Which was kind of mm-hmm. different. Oh, okay. Now that that was hard because when you think about it, they had technically they've had more title runs on SmackDown, but their two on Raw has been the most significant. You know, they've had the longest, mm-hmm. you know, Raw Tag Team Championship reign, which was for eighty three days. I want to say. And if memory serves me correctly, it started as the WWE title, and then. You know, mm-hmm. over into the Raw Tag Team Championship. Because when they officially got drafted, that's when, you know what I'm saying, the tag titles was exclusive to Raw. That's when they ended up getting the SmackDowns. But just think, right. but just think of they debuted on Raw 2014, bro. And then the yep. very next year at Extreme Run into Tag Team Championships off of uh, Zorro and Tyson. They Beaten, I mean, we laugh at them now, but Los Matadores, uh, the Dudley Boys, I mean, all their primetime players. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, um, in um, all here, but yeah, that's that was my reason for like my raw tag team of deck. And I mean, like you say, no matter. Really, who you throw them in the ring with, they was out there giving you at least a four-star match. And they brought back the Freebird. I was just about to say, it didn't matter which member of the New Day it was. They could give you, you know, the Speed Team with Woods and Kofi, 
uh, the power team with uh, Kofi and E, or even switch it up and give you Woods and E. It's like you never know what to really prepare for. And the and- promos that they gave you was just fucking phenomenal. Because Bootios, they make sure you ain't booty. Have and they were on Raw when they uh when they had the Dragon Ball Z outfits for WrestleMania too. Yep. So I mean that. Shout out to the New Day fans. Not forget they did lead Five Series team. That's another notch. And they hosted WrestleMania, so you know it's just shout out to the New Day. And even still though, just to see them. You know what I'm saying? It's just amazing. Now, I don't even know if you remember this tag team. Probably not, because that's why they're on the the worst side of the decade. But do you remember Gator with your boy Heath Slater and Titus You threw it back for real. They were had, tag team for what all of three months? Nah, it was about it was like a little good six month reign before you know Titus O'Neill ended up getting back with Darren Young because you remember he had got that knee injury, so he was out for a while. But you yeah, know, it, 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 it before Darren got with Bob Backlund, right? Yeah, oh yeah, this was way before that. But you know, it ended up working out. He ended up getting kids, and he ended up winning the tag team championship. But Ryan Baxter was a close second. Um, so, yeah. Who do you got, sir? I got you beat. I got the ascension. That was a good one. You ain't bullshitting. I forgot all about them all together. <clears throat> um, reasons? <laughs> yeah. That's all I gotta say. Just go, just look up the Ascension because the Ascension Monday Night Raw. Let me be specific because the Ascension on NXT was actually pretty good and that could have been big things, but the Ascension was never meant to be on a big scale and that gimmick did not work. I think once they even mentioned being the same category as the Road Warriors, that's when they got shot to shit. Because we was already thinking I was trying to be. But once you actually say the name yourself, done. It's like the, if, if War Machine came out and said, you know, we the New Age Road Warriors or Demolition or some shit. Like, like nah, bro. Shit. Just be y'all, fam. So. That's it. Now that I think about it, so it's the best thing that there's. Since leaving NXT was the comedy skit to Brizongo? Yep. Fashion Files. Y'all was the longest reigning NXT tag team champions. And that happened on SmackDown. Even more of a point proven because you forgot about them. I remember both Slater Gator and I am intrigued to know what you thought about Impact Wrestling. You were a fan of the old, you know, TNA ring, even though 
certain people decided that was not a good idea to start to get rid of incident. Um, so came in and which was if you want to be technical, January fourth, two thousand ten. That was Monday Night Impact. I want to say it was live going against Raw. And I want to say I actually went old school Monday Night Wars and flipped back and forth between them just because I was one already a TNA fan. And two, it's right there on Spike TV. There's nothing to flip back and forth. So, right. You know, when, when Bischoff and Hogan first came in, it actually wasn't that bad. It, it, it was some of the same old shit that, you know, we expected from them. But if you look past that and look at like some of the booking decisions and some of the storylines, you could see their influence starting to take effect and some things starting to change for the day. Now, because Hogan going to be Hogan and Bischoff going to be Bischoff, you have things happening that shouldn't happen, such <laughs> as, you know, NWO 2.0, Aces and Eights, and Brooke Hogan oh, oh, oh. being a storyline. And- well, let me just say this, right. it wasn't bad in the beginning. Neither was the NWO. It just got out of hand. Oh, well, they, that's what they tried to make immortal was the new NWO, which was stupid. Oh, don't forget us, y'all. For some reason, they was trying to. My bad. Just thinking about it. Because honestly, I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert. I got both of them as my worst superstars of the decade for Impact's last team today. Gary Bischoff and who? Oh, Hogan and. um. Hogan and Eric Bischoff. I put both of them as my worst huh. superstars of the decade. For wrong because of me right now. Because I mean, Hogan did wrestle a match in 2010. So he called Abyss teenage John Cena fam. Think about that. All right, I'm gonna head out. Yeah. Because I forgot about that, yeah. and I'm I hate you. I hate you for you wanna know you wanna know what else I'll forget? <laughs> I can't even get it out. So I'm gonna let it I'm, I'm gonna let it out. So thank God Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff eventually left. Oh, Six side ring came back, Scott Norton, Jeff Jarrett, some more bullshit happened. People wasn't getting paid on time. You had phenomenal wrestling still going on, but you treating your wrestlers like trash. And then you got to the point where you were starting to let wrestlers have creative freedom with your broken hearties and the things of that nature. And you fast forward to today and you watch TNA and it's damn near just what, like any other promotion, minus the fact that, you know, it's taped like six months in advance. Right. So, with that being said, you know, we'll start with our male wrestlers. And I thought about this one, and I had somebody else at first, and then I thought about it, and it's your fault that I chose this person. My best wrestler for the 2010s for TNA is Perk Angle. <laughs> 
Why is that my fault? Because you you the one who, who tweeted this man front flipping off the stage. Look, man, first of all, some of some of Perks, god damn it, some of Perks best matches. <laughs> I hate team. I can't be mad at that. He did do that front flip. He Which is one of the reasons. Think about it. The headbutt to Samoa Joe his first night, fam. And hey, no lie. Disrespectful. I prefer his TNA theme music over, you know, the you know, the WWE version. Middle. Yeah. I mean I, I mean he had a hell of a run. The first four years that he had in TNA was good too. But by year five, he he pretty much hit a swing and this nigga was out there having fantastic matches with AJ, Joe, Abyss, Sting, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Magnus. Hey, uh, Bobby Lassie on his pool. Right. Drew McIntyre. So, My baby was Drew Galloway like, in TNA, I think. Yeah, Drew Galloway. Remember by his real name. So I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to argue with with Kurt Angles. See, I say this name right for you. Resume. Who you got? Shockingly, you, I chose Eddie Edwards because I mean, when you think about him and David. First of all, shout out to David Richards. You know what I'm saying? But him and David Richards debuted in TNA in 2014. Like they was instantly tag team with the, like they was tag team of the year their very first time there. Um he has been probably one of the most consistent performers like his you know what I'm saying like when you think about at first him, you know, him and the Wolves, they were just tag team wrestling. Then for him to break out as a, I'm saying he he did end up finally winning the Impact World Championship. Like he showed that his character can grow. You know, he didn't need nothing crazy to happen, a la Roman, for you know what I'm saying him to be able to develop a personality. You know, so you know with the whole Kenny, you know Kenny the Kendo Stick situation, um, even his single matches against. Shout out to Kenny the Trophy. But um, he's won the X Division Championship twice, the TNA World Tag Team Championship five times. He's he's one of eight tennis. And like I said, he just keeps getting better and better. He out there super kicking people in some, in some joy points, fam. So for me, my stay for Impact has been my boy. Okay, I, I I can agree with that. I mean, hell, if you if you watch Impact, then you know that almost anybody who's been in the main card or upper mid card could honestly have a case for this because those people honestly yeah. flip flop any and every day. They really do. And since you are since you already spoiled, you know your worst. I'll go ahead and just give mine. And this is just because of this man was a TNA original. And he he was there and he put in time to 
TNA for probably one of the longest periods. And for the fact that his last six years from 2010 to 2016, they had him play a mental uh, mental health patient and some other bullshit. It's just totally disrespectful to Eric Young. We talk about the way that Vince does Eric yeah. Young and how he's the worst member of Sanity because he's not getting used properly. But when you go back and think about it, it could be worse. Yeah. Didn't he have like a Santino Morella moment too? Yep. I was, okay, yeah, I just want to make sure. So. And I mean, <sighs> honestly, it started before the 2010s. The fall from glory all started when him and ODB won the Knockout Tag Team Championship together. But again, that happened before the time period, so I couldn't really count that. Yeah. But it's a factor when you, when you think about it. It's a factor. It is. It's definitely a factor. But it's not a, a major factor because it happened prior. Right. So, uh, I'm quite sure we probably Damn. both have the same person here. So, uh, I'll let you go first for our, our top female of the decade. Oh, whatever. Um, there's nobody like when she came back in 2011 because uh, she did start the day. Obviously, it was like right. not that long, but yeah, she came back and jumped Velvet Sky, who I forgot was the knockout champion for a while. But yeah, she came back and ended up winning. She went. DNA knockouts tag team belt. She also became the second woman to ever be double champion because she ended up out championship at the same time. So she was defending both belts. When you think about all the matches she's had with like Mickey James, ODB, it's we don't even have to discuss that because it's like beat for themselves. And when you right. She even put up test marks who was just horrible. But you know, to see what she's done Taryn Terrell. Yeah, oh bro. That ladder match. Even though Gail Kim lost, phenomenal, bro. Even you know, the steel cage man ain't like she's and I know the like, yeah, She was like, like we literally probably could go on for like thirty minutes talking about just Dale Kim matches from PNA. I mean, like you said, her resume, the amount of times that she won the knockout championship, the matches that she put on, her consistency, her loyalty, the fact that she's been there from two thousand eleven to what, two thousand nineteen, didn't she wrestle earlier this year? Yeah. She is she actually uh I think it was last year at uh Revenge. Actually uh the producer for him backstage still, so she's still with him. So even more so, you know, she's probably the reason why some of the, the women's storylines and matches we get now are the way that, that they are. So 
is is just hard to really just credit anybody else to TNA's women's division success like Gail Kemp. Yeah, she's had help in you know her awesome Kongs, her Madison Reigns, her uh, Rosemary's habits, you know, other people who who held up when she was injured or whatever. But as far as who they know they can call on and all right, we need somebody who's gonna give us a damn good women's match. And I got you. And the first female in the Hall of Fame as well. Right, right. You know, throw in the fact that she's what first knockouts champion. And, and I believe well, the only woman to win both WWE and TNA championships. I want to say, yeah. I couldn't think no. of anybody else who would be. I must say, I can't think of any other. Uh, no, Victoria. Oh yeah, that's right, Victoria. Damn, Damn. I forgot she was in. I forgot. Yeah, I must say, I forgot she was in what's the name. But I mean, you know, L champion, like you said, the resume speaks for itself, man. Like Gail Kim was just fantastic. Just to see who did you pick for your worst. Female. Maria Canellas been it because she's trash and she should have never been knockout <laughs> champion. The end. Well, my pick is Brooke Testmeister, and for the exact same reason that you chose. Yeah, so we just go ahead and move <laughs> on from that. Five fucking years, bro, and you dethroned. Yeah, please let's just move on. It was Allie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tag teams. <clears throat> I'm I'm interested to see who you picked. Cause I I, I, I was kinda torn. I was two and you guys considering technically this iteration hasn't been around that long, but I actually chose Santana and Ortiz, and uh, I'm going to be in a When you think about first of all, the the name LAX in the first place. You know what I'm saying? That's straight homicide in Hernandez. So Conan, oh, Conan. Like agile to be a part of that, that's, that's something you got to live up to. And I feel like Santana and Ortiz not only lived up to the hype, but they made LA. You know what I'm saying, and the matches with OVE, um, you know, what I'm saying like those. But considering they was only there for like a year, they four time tag team champions. They they've held the belt for a total of like 462 days. Um, they wanted to. Speak after their debut. You know what I'm saying? Like that phone is already showing you that they already see they already knew that they had started and um LAX Santana and Ortiz pack tag team of the jacket. I I can honestly respect that. Cause when LAX first came back, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we already kind of seen this. 
Y'all finna be out here killing people again. 51, 50, you know. pop, pop, pop. <laughs> But, you know, when it became OGs versus, you know, LAX, it's like, all right, let's see where y'all, where y'all gonna go with this. And then it actually ended up growing out to be something pretty damn good. Fantastic. But my choice is different, and I chose the Broken Hardies. Mm. Okay. And, I mean, it was a year of them being, you know, the Broken Hardies and being in TNA and everything of that uh, nature. But first off, Broken Matt is phenomenal and it all started out with him and 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 jeff feud because without that feud then you wouldn't have broken mat and you wouldn't have the broken hearts because it leads to the final deletion and the dip into the lack of reincarnation and brother nero being born and then you have delete versus decay uh, their matches with the Wolves, the fact that they was Impact World Champions and fighting in any promotion they wanted to at the same damn time. It's Man. like cool television, you know, because it's, un, it's unheard of that your champion is out here fighting in Ring of Honor and New Japan and some mom and pop wrestling promotion up the street who had enough money to, to pay them tonight. And having fire matches in all organizations. And then, you know, the tag team got so lit that it became more than just Matt and Jeff, or excuse me, Broken Matt and Brother Nero. You had uh, Rebecca and Senior Benjamin, King Maxwell, Lord Wolfgang. Uh, what was the drone's name? Ah. Uh. I forgot, but yeah, I forgot. Damn. I forget the drone, and then I think the kangaroo was Tommy Dreamer, and like it, it got so intricate, and it was so many different parts to the shit that it was just fucking phenomenal. And to me, it's kind of hard to guard one. That was the name of the drone. There we go. Kind of hard not to just appreciate what the Hardys did during that time period in, in, in TNA. No, I agree. And like you said, for a very short time. I'm not going to lie. And I'm pretty sure you're going to definitely have an answer. I could not really think of like worst tech of the decade. I mean, I mine is, is, is personal. Damn. Okay. <laughs> and anybody who's a fan of the show probably already know who's I'm about who I'm about to say, and I'm surprised that you don't know. Desi Hit Squad. Yeah. Racist ass name alone is the reason, and yeah. Um. One of my favorite promos from Impact Wrestling of this decade, even though it's only a month old, is still the Rough Riders promo. 
Um, I'm going to treat this like a time capsule. So if in 2029 we decide to come back and listen or watch this episode and I forget about the Rough Riders promo, I can go back and listen to it. But that promo was greatness. And, you know, to piggyback off of that, Goddamn rest was cool. That shit was fucking phenomenal. Dreamer. Shout out to Joey Ryan. Shout out to AC Ramiro for just coming out the ball. Then Madison, he didn't even know that you. Brown, my bad. And your name's DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm naming DeLorean, so I'm going to call him DeLorean. And as far as I just want to give a personal shout comment. out to Trey's mom. Yes, we love you. Um, and although he's finally gotten better since he was did, but Josh Matthews is trying to be a healer now, so that's horrible. Like I said, the same thing. Luckily, him and Don Callis, you know, they 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 balanced each other out. He was trying to play the whole Bobby Heenan heel. No, I'm glad y'all stopped that. So, but that's really my only gripe with like the announced team, you know what I'm saying? Like from like the past day. Now, in this very short iteration, it has been around. So, um, obviously, we're just going to do the superstars of the year. I don't want to like assume that we both got the same person for. A superstar for AEW, but I let champion Chris Jericho because for one, it, it's three is gonna be the first AEW champion to see what he's done since holding the title. The promos have been great, um, bro. They make it. They make it fun of. <laughs> They're making fun of Cody's video package. That would forever be hilarious. <laughs> Train Jones making an appearance. But, but even the matches, you know what I'm saying? Of course, everybody like, well, you know, yada, yada, yada. Probably other matches. His whole thing is putting people over. Like, he, he basically yep. gave Jungle Boy 15 minutes. So he didn't do that. Like, like a star. Like a star. He, him tapping out, but he's doing everything that you will want champion to do, especially for a start out company. Like, he's one of the reasons why a lot of IW. So, yeah, for me, I champion Chris Jericho, who is your AEW star of the year, sir? So, for reasons that he, A, has given us five-star matches every time he stepped foot in the ring, no matter who it's been against. Um, B, giving us five-star matches, no matter if it's on AEW Dark, AEW Dynamite, All In, Double or Nothing, Four Gear, Fight for the Fallen. Um, what's the most recent one? Fighter Fest. Revolution is the one coming up. Yeah. Whichever uh, one I might have forgotten. Um, I'm choosing the one and only, the cleaner, 
Kenny Omega. And I mean, Le Champion, no disrespect to you. You are the man when it comes to AEW, but match wise, Kenny got you beat right now. And they honestly are probably putting people up, putting over putting people over at the same rate because the fact that and sidebar I'm going to go into a quick little rant the fact that the elite is spending the majority of the first few months of AEW putting over talent versus being the elite is one of the biggest um, negatives of AEW right now because the fact that the elite aren't being the elite is really holding the product back because that's what we as fans are really looking for. Especially fans who, you know, are coming to AEW because we know them from Ring of Honor or New Japan or other promotions or wherever else you may have seen them. Because New Japan but you Kenny Omega have them. And, and AEW Kenny Omega are two different people. But then you also... If they did like jump out doing that, you're gonna have the people be like, see, they just make themselves champions and they not putting nobody over. So it's it you damn if you do, you damn if you don't situations, to be honest. Right. Which is why in they took the the backside and it was like, you know what? We're not gonna be champions, but we still gonna go out here and put on five star matches every time we step into the no right. matter what program is on, no matter who we're fighting against, we're going to bring them up to our level instead of stepping down to their level. And True. even V-triggering the fuck out of everybody. Especially Joey Janela. Yep. That's the first one that comes to mind every time. You need to V-trigger Penelope Ford. I'm sorry. I want to see, I want to see that. She's going to be laying in the ropes like this. <laughs> so, but, for your worst of AW, who do you have? Sean Spears. And yeah, he really did shit after he hit Cody over the head with the chair at Fighter Fest. I mean, you got five hundred record. Don't really have any noticeable victories. Even in A, he is gonna be a. Like I could see him not really going no higher than what he's already like five and five. Like you winning one week, you can't get two wins in a row. You can't get no win, nothing going. But yeah, Sean is my worst um, superstar of the year so far. How about you? Shit, that was so much conviction. Oh yeah, I didn't have to um, think about that. I see. I, w- I was very much torn on this one. Um, I had to look at the list and it's like, damn, if I had to pick somebody to say they really had a bad year, who would it be? And just because I didn't want to seem like I was picking on them for having them also down the line on this list later, I chose Chucky e. T. Just because he's the least favorite best friend and he's really just there. And that's all you can say about that. 
the mean the best friends as a tag team really haven't been picking up a lot of wins either. So the win loss record doesn't even supplement the fact that he's just standing there. So nah, I'm good on it. Give me some freshly squeezed commentary T any day. That's about it. Oh, oh any day of the week. Vicky Gorilla uh, was better on commentary than Chucky T though. Now that I'm not, hey, but I was just trying to find a way to give Chucky T some kind of, you know. Yep. Shot at the shit. All right. So, female superstar of the year, sir. Dr. Burt Baker, DMD. Hot throw this. I throw this like you. You already knew who I was going with. Yeah, I did. And I mean, I'm sorry. Consistently to me, she's had at least the best storyline and some of the cleaner matches of the AEW women's division. Uh, I thought about it. I'm like, hmm. Rio is champ, but she's kind of got this whole Brock Lesnar thing going on right now where she kind of ghosts for a few weeks and then pops up in the crowd randomly. But she's still wrestling overseas. That's stuff too. It's not AEW. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, she's still... It's not wow. Touche, you know what? Touche. So, Touché. I mean... Almost... Chose my girl Chris Statlander, but she still kind of knew. She only had a few matches, so I didn't want to go with her. Who you pick? Oh, I picked the person Rio. I mean, oh, she is the women's. Yeah, basically. See, well, not to spoil my what's the name, but it's just it's to where like he mad until Rick back. Britt Baker pick because one, like they treat they treat her like Roman right now. Like she's involved in all, like they can continuously put her in number one to ten matches and like shit like that. So it's kind of hard to she's at not Paul's name. Girlfriend. It's kind of hard to name body up. You know, she's like one of the only four or five women that you see. Since AEW's inception, you know, so but as far as like she's put off the system matches, even though look, if she win again with the fucking schoolboy, I'm done. Like <laughs> majority of her wins have been coming from school from school boy packages. So I am either win with your move. Devastating move in sports entertainment. It is, and it is so, so annoying. But yeah, I chose Rio as my female superstar of the year. I almost chose Awesome Kong if it makes you feel any better. The only reason I choose Awesome Kong because she ain't really did a lot. Like, yeah, exactly. so I didn't want to just be that person for like, just because I like it, you know. We fair. We fair on High Flyers Wrestling Podcast, you know. You know what's your favorite too? I mean, for the most because for the most part, my my work list is people I just don't like. So I, I really can't say anybody's 
truly the worst when it comes to people who get featured. Yeah, that's why I just put the rest of the women's division because they don't they haven't really just got showcased. And like you said, yeah, it's I, not it's not a knock. It's just it's, you haven't seen. You know what I'm saying? A lot, but it's still fairly new. They have been doing better though with you know video packages and letting them like cut promos and stuff. I'm sure 2020 it'll you know. We'll be able to see the women's division more, but I also think it's because like NXT has such a strong women's division that we keep looking at it when NXT women's division has had way longer time to, you know, what I'm saying, be able to. So that's just that's just how I see it. You know, a lot of people be like, "Yeah, the women's division suck at AEW," but it's just ain't been six months yet, so we gotta be able to introduce them, and then we can we can go from there. Now, best tag team of the year. I am intrigued to know who you chose because this actually wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yep. And, I mean, same reasons as Kenny. Even they put up a private party, fam. Even... No, it didn't lead to nothing. But they still put over front. Put him over. He lost in the first round. To some, you know what I'm saying? And then they reset. And then they reset. That match was Santana and Ortiz, that Texas Street fight. Greatness. I mean, that's that's how you, you do a Texas Street fight. You don't just slap the name on something and call it a, a New York street fight and don't have nothing New York in it. I think he came in with a Cowboys helmet and, and hit him with it. I'm glad they spit on it. Did nobody want to see the other guy's helmet? <clears throat> I'm going to let you make it because y'all won this week. But uh, What was your fantasy football record? Hey, that's fantasy. We talking about real life. That's real life too. My draft king is on point, so that's all that matters. <laughs> so I mean, Nick and Matt, you know, the young bucks. Now my pick for the worst tag team probably more because of them do in Lucha under. Right. Like, I know they're way better than not having not one fucking win. But Hybrid 2 and Helicons, they are my worst tag team of the year. Because, like I said, they are too good to not even have one win. Like, they can go in there and put on some nice matches. But then, all of a sudden, they just can't get it done. So, um, I'm not even going to just give them a lot of two. It's my worst tag team of the year. AEW. I'm sorry. Please don't hate me for this, Dom, but I chose your boys Jurassic Express for similar reasons to why you chose the hybrid too. Oh, I can't be mad at that. Now, I will just ask this question to you, and I'll this this is to like 
You think if Luchasaurus like didn't have that little hamstring tear and out be out for like what a month or so, there'll probably be a whole lot different. Probably. So I mean I'll even though that might may that. have been a blessing in disguise for them. Yeah, I think so. Because they could have could have went the dark order route and be scrambling to come back. Which for really? you know Dark Order is working and join yeah. Dark Order. I have joined the Dark Order. But no, I mean, yeah, I can't be mad at that. Um, yeah, man, but the promos on AEW so far. Um, definitely anything Cody Rhodes. Um, it's my favorite one by Cody is probably the, you know, 16 years promo. Yeah. I'm also a fan of um, the Inner Circles in-ring promo with a little bit of the 40 and the Jericho. <laughs> um, loving the uh, the Nightmare Coalition vignettes and the Join Dark Order vignettes. Say, as far as AW goes, it's been pretty solid. Solid first couple of months. You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully they continue, you know, continue to have on Wednesday nights. On the other Wednesdays, keep that off my brother because I know that's your that's your show right there, man. So NXT, let's go. So you know NXT started back in what 2012, mm-hmm. and NXT as we know it, as far as like. The Wednesday night, watch it every Wednesday, tune in pretty much 2014 when the network debuted. Right. Once the network debuted, then you already knew every Wednesday night NXT is going to be on. Tune in. You're going to see some phenomenal action. They jumping it off with with Cesaro and, and Neville and uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, okay, Seth Rollins versus Jinder Mahal, and what was actually a phenomenal match. Even though you hear the name Jinder Mahal, and you're like, what? But that match was actually pretty damn good. And it grew really? into something that nobody knew that it was going to be, probably besides Paul, if we're being honest. Yeah, I can see that. And it honestly may even be bigger than what Paul originally thought it was going to be at this point. Especially now. Because seven years later, NXT is now being built as an equal third brand to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. That was proven at Survivor Series when they let them beat the other two brands in brand uh, warfare. Which we was concerned about at so, first. Yeah. Couple that with the fact that, you know, they're on USA now, live every Wednesday night. 
Plus, they still have the replays coming on the network on Thursday nights. NXT has grown to something bigger and better than anybody can really expect it. And it turned for a phenomenal place in wrestling all the way around. So, with that being said, we're going to start off with our male superstars and the best superstar of the decade to me, NXT-wise, is going to be your boy, Finn Balor. Mm. And okay. he's one of your only two-time NXT champions. He also, you know, has had phenomenal matches with Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Samoa Joe. He's been in the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic and won it. He's debuted the Demon character and gave us a whole new persona. He left and came back and turned heel and gave us a whole new character that we didn't even know we was going to see in WWE slash NXT with the Prince being back. And it's honestly even better now than what he was back then. If we're being honest, oh, easily. And we we saw a fantastic Finn back then, and now we're seeing a phenomenal Finn. Because you know, Weezy F Baby and the F is phenomenal. Oh, see, so you had to ruin it. Um, good choice, by the way. And keeping with that particular club, I am actually going third NXT champion. Adam Cole, Bay Bay. And look, man, he's probably had one of the best, what, runs of anybody that has joined NXT. Uh, well, you, you can argue, Kevin, on well, the end of like going, going up to what, six months in. Yeah. But the thing about it, he, he inaugural, you know what I'm saying, NXT North American Champion. Every match he had with Ricochet was fantastic. Even though he definitely should have won when he super kicked Ricochet on the, on the backflip, that should be ended the match. Ricochet should not have like won after. But they won the first war game match, you know what I'm saying? Which was the first one since what, 2000? Rose tag team play and defended the NXT championships in the same night. His rivalry with Johnny, Johnny Gargano was probably easily the, the year for NXT, which is crazy to, to say, considering that it was some, you know, I'd heard that was going to be a hard, a hard rival boy to, you know what I'm saying? Adam basically did that, curated his own rivalry with Johnny Gargano. So, um, rivalry. Period or male only? Well, male only. But um, okay. so yeah, uh, yeah, Adam Cole. He just continues to get better. I mean, you know what I'm saying throughout the whole Survivor Series build up, he got clean win over Daniel Bryan, even though that was on SmackDown. But more stock added to the resume. So yeah, Adam Cole is my mentor of the decade. Mr. Second Triple Crown Champ. That's respectable. 
Also, I'm not. <laughs> as far as my worst man, that's who Miles. And I'll just, and I'll just leave it at that. Formerly known as ACH. I picked Kenta. <sighs> just can't stay healthy, fam. That was so, such a huge disappointment. Yep. So, 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 so huge of a fanfare for nothing. I think we got what on two go to sleeps before he got injured. Then he got hurt like right after that. It was never the same again. So, so yeah, I'm both. Yep, you probably got the same person for this one. Um, woman of the year, uh, the decade, Oscar. You went the other route? What? Surprisingly, yeah. I actually did. But, I mean, I, I she was dominant, so the reason I mean, not. Shit, she beat up everybody. Bailey, Ember Moon, um, Carmella, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, um, Mickey James. She had to relinquish the NXT Women's Championship, otherwise, ain't nobody else was gonna beat her for it. Cause she had beat everybody. She was beat. She beat any and everybody that was to be in NXT, and she was undefeated the entire time that she was there. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that she met, you know, daddy's little flair, she probably still would be undefeated to this day. And yeah, in order as far as go, that's all I got to say about that. And, and all I was going to first. Now, probably. Well, the main reason why I actually chose Shayna is because I felt like she kind of put more people, and not, and I'm not just saying as far as like wins and losses. You know what I'm saying? Like, because even in even when like you know she was look like Bianca still looked strong. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just felt like once Oscar like you know was done with whoever she was done with. You know what I'm saying? Like with Shane, I feel like at least <clears throat> everybody kind of like one thing Shane gets not the catch wrestling staff. Kind of like, you know, with Randy Orton, it's like slow, methodical, one pace. But at the same time, like that shit looks it's, it's so saying. But I just feel like her brains was just was just so dominant. It's it's really a toss up between Oscar and Shayna for me personally, but I went with Shayna because I just feel like she put like more than Oscar did. I feel like a Shayna had a better selection of superstars that she actually feuded with as far as talent wise, and that's true. B, some of those same superstars that Shayna feuded with, Oscar feuded with when they was green. 
So you can almost say without Oscar, some of those matches wouldn't have happened. True. Even though the match with Embu was still poop on both sides, in my opinion. Very much so. That's neither here nor there. So, you but, know, yeah. if both matches were pooed and there's only one constant in the match. So, um, exactly. <laughs> worst female in NXT. Oh, I had no, I had no, I had no pick. Like I could, I couldn't. Like, who did you pick? Because I literally was like, like, huh? Well, for NXT, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, because in NXT she did nothing whatsoever outside of Lee Blake and Murphy. Uh to NXT Championship reign. Dressed like a cheerleader at first, too, of all things. With them damn sparkles. Them fucking sparkles, bro. Goddamn. I can't be mad at Alexa. I can't be mad at that at all. Now, as far as tag team go, this is what I'm intrigued by. Who did you pick for your best tag team of the decade? I want to say we probably got Red Dragon. Okay, yeah, we got the same team. Floor is yours. I mean, specifically my boy Kyle O'Reilly because, you know, he's the only three-time NXT Tag Team Champion. Him and Bobby Fish are two-time NXT Champions. Similar to how you have for Adam Cole in the past two years, these boys have put on fantastic matches with War Machine, Street Profits, um... I'm gonna draw a black on other tag teams in the next year right now. Um, hell, the ladder match with Forgotten Son. Uh, Shit, yeah. any match that they yeah. had, honestly. Better. Oh, the, uh, the Oni and Larkin match they had with uh, Oni Larkin and what's the name? You know, Birch. British Strong style. Yeah. Uh, War Games matches, you know, boys. Made a solid case that honestly, outside of maybe like the revival, maybe American Alpha and DIY could really rival them with nobody else really is, is fucking with them as far as impact and resume goes. I mean, there's really nothing for me to add. You basically said everything that needs to be said about the greatest of red. It's so, as far oh, as the worst tag, <clears throat> oh, I who you got? I got Lucha Drag. One fact that they was the ones that beat the tag team in first place. You would think, you know, what I'm saying they're about to do, they're about to be about something, bro. They. The VOD and then lost the titles of Blake and Murphy, and that was it. And that was the end of Lucha Dragon and NXT, basically. So the end of 2014 was basically the end worst of the Lucha Dragon. So yeah, that's my worst tag team in NXT. Who you got? Surprisingly, 
and you can't teach this, I chose Enzo mm. and Cast. Because outside of catchphrases, them boys are certified jobbers. That's, that's true. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they may have had like one opportunity at the tag team championships, I believe. They had a couple. Yeah, regardless. They wrestled the Vibe Village. They wrestled, you know, Vibe Village a couple of times. Didn't work out too well for them, obviously. Then we know what happened, but no. Uh, yep. All that that, that 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 came from that that was positive was, you know, my name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest guy in the room. How you doing? And like the thing with like NXT and like they promos is like most of them be video packages. And it's kind of like hard to choose because one thing we'll say about NXT, they they video production team has always been on point, even when they was just on the network. So, but I will say the Velveteen were a lot of my favorite promos. <laughs> so, Definitely, especially with him and Ricochet was beefing, and then Ricochet did that front look on his face was like. Oh, okay. Or with that, or with Adam, he that was like, Roger Strong. yeah. Or when he was out there with Adam Cole, and then he said nobody could touch you. I like to touch you. <laughs> His whole interaction. So, but yeah, man. Oh, which both of them, like, well, asked him. Black was already a star, but I think they like kind of solidified Velvet Team as like legit and up and coming wrestling because, like, Teddy, like 25, 26 at the oldest, maybe. Yeah. Because I know you're still young. So, yeah. I just, can't, I just can't wait for more. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, in the words of Michael Jordan, for <laughs> good old Velvet Team dream. But, man, as far as any. This overall final decade. Can't wait to see where they're going to be in 10 years because, boy. Boy is right. Like, boy is right. All right. So, do not leave Friday night Smackdown smack Live or Smackdown. Whatever you want to call it. Thursday night smack. Thursday night smackdown. Uh Monday night smackdown at one time it took over for all. Whatever it down you chose. Just bring it there your mouth roll. Shut your mouth. All that shit. Then some fan smackdown, obviously. And we're not talking about shame. Man, I We'll go ahead and jump it off, and it wouldn't surprise me if we both had the same person as our male of the year. But I chose the 
AJ Styles as my SmackDown superstar of the decade. Nope. Cool. We went two separate ways. Because my second choice would have been Still went two separate ways. AJ, because for one, when it decided to go to SmackDown and they actually did the brand split without all the wild card rules and stuff, he literally carried that show. Whether he was a baby face, whether he was a heel, he always put on matches. Even as a heel. So basically, he, he was just AJ Styles. But like the consistency that he showed all the time, he made Shane McMahon look like a fantastic wrestler. Um. Now, you granted the the beginning fuse with Dean Ambrose when he first won the championship. It started off a little rocky, but like once I, I feel like once AJ found his foot up, because he was really kind of still technically getting his feet wet at the same time, like with everything. But to see how quickly he caught on and how quickly he took, like yeah, I went with AJ Styles as my SmackDown superstar. Game. Who you got, young blood? Mike Mazzano. Hmm. Touche. Similar to you, you know, uh, when the brand split happened the most recent time prior to, you know, the wild card rule madness and shit. The Miz was consistently in the mid card um, holding things down. He was having some of the best Intercontinental Championship runs that, you know, we've seen in probably recent years. Um, his promos, including his, you know, talk of smack promo with Daniel Bryan that I think will probably go down in SmackDown history as one of the greatest moments. Um, I'm still waiting on that story to fully go full circle. But that whole, you know, promo there and the fact that it did tell the real life about the Miz. Like, yeah, he is a safe wrestler, but it's the reason why the nigga's been around as long as he has been. And the only time that he That's really true. misses time is if he, he's going off shooting the Marine 5, which is fire, by the way. Or oh, um, wow. That's what Bray said, so I don't need the fiend coming for me. Or if Maurice is is popping out another one of Mike's kids. So, to me, my superstar of the decade is going to be Mike the Miz Mazanin. Because even the the shit that he did with with your boy Shane McMahon, he he Mm. carried that feud. Oh, yeah. Those matches. And. It was honestly not that bad outside of Shane being on TV every week. That was. He's also. He's also. Now that I think about it, a SmackDown Tag Team Champion. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. I thought about that. We watched him drop the titles to the Usos. That's true. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I can't be I can't be mad at the Miz pig. I like that. Now, who did you pick for your worst superstar of the decade? Because I'm in 
fit. He is a three-time Golden Gloves champion. He is a former Mr. Money in the Bank, a former United States champion, a former Andre the Giant Battle Royal Memorial winner. He is also the man who beat Kurt Angle in his retirement match. And he is the current king of the ring, King Joffrey Baratheon, Baron Corbin. I'm glad we're on the same page. I imagine you're going somewhere at first. Yeah, that's why. Maybe this is somebody else. Nah. You sat up intrigued like a mug. Like, ooh, who else sucks? Nah, just Baron. And then I was just like, oh, King Corbin. Uh, yeah. You ain't got a goddamn accent. um, Theme music is annoying as hell, bro. Like, either it's regular. I'm not even going. Yeah. I'm not even going to go there with them. Not even my energy. But yeah, that's actually who I chose as well. Best female superstar of the decade. A little difficult. Mm hmm. But you probably gonna have for Raw, but I actually went with Charlotte on SmackDown. Hmm. Nah, I'm lying. I did because <laughs> you went with Karen. Good old Karen. I went with Karen because despite how we feel, her choices hair, whether it's the side ponytail, whether it's that <laughs> cut, um. First of all, you're not gonna do my boy AJ like that because AJ would never. So you should, you gonna sit here and tell me that when AJ like first grew his hair out and TNA had that emo look, that shit didn't didn't kind of have baby stuff look right now. No, nah, because like, AJ's was a little bit more uneven. He had that. Let me speak to your manager number seven versus the number sixteen that Bailey got. No, what well, he Bailey did at the Bob even all around. That's true. But I mean, as we see with AJ now, the be uh hair and makeup is you know, it's a whole lot better. But uh, um, yeah, and nah. His but kids seriously, no, I didn't. Yeah, because you know that was like, Dad, come on, fam. But um, honestly, like consistently, like Bailey has put on some of the McDowell. Even uh, yeah, she has been over overshadowed with the, the Charlottes and now the Becky's, but. If you just look at quality work and something that you know, me and you are both big on, kind of hard to deny that Bailey wasn't just really like the main face of like SmackDown for like the past decade. So yeah, I am going with Bailey. Um, and again, similar to how we did on Raw. I'm going to go with the other horsewoman, and I'm going to choose your girl, the man, Becky Lynch. Touche. She was, uh, what, the first woman drafted to SmackDown, the first draft yep. in 2016. She was the first draft pick this go-round. She's a uh, first SmackDown <coughs> Women's Champion, multiple-time SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, won the Royal Rumble. Oh damn! I forgot about that. 
had a pretty damn good um, ladder match with uh, Oscar and Charlotte. I believe, if memory serves me correctly, yep, ain't a memory serves me correctly. She was in the first uh, <laughs> women's money in the bank. True. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. She. She. She's been at WrestleMania. Right. Since that was cross branded, you know. She right. Been at Mania. So it kind of it's kind of hard to not take into consideration Becky Lynch, especially when you think about the fact that at the time of her mega push, she was technically a heel. Right. And nobody... They had just turned her heel a, a month prior, but because it was against Charlotte, nobody was really just fucking with it. And then she started telling the truth more, and people started like, okay, we can fuck with you. And right. Everybody got on the side, and then next thing you know, Nia broke a nose, and that sent her to superstardom. That's true. It, it Honestly, if it wasn't for that shot of Baker Lynch standing in the crowd at the end of Monday Night Raw with her face all bloody, she probably wouldn't be the man. No, I don't think so. Especially when you and she was like out on her feet, you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't, she didn't even know what was going on. It was all adrenaline. Um, um now as far as the worst female superstar, <clears throat> Mandy Rose, down. point blank period. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I once again I'm just going to assume probably not because I was wrong a while ago as far as team of the year I, I guess I mean yeah, for the decade. I, got, I got the Usos yeah, like, same here. all that, my shows New Day again and I almost made them share this one also but their evolution from mm-hmm. the face regular paint. to regular Samoan thugs to the face paint to the Uso penitentiary before the Uso penitentiary to locking niggas up to now they was a mainstay in the SmackDown tag team division for years. The standard bearer. And Honestly, if it wasn't for the outside the ring shenanigans, they probably would be the current most decorated tag team. Because for a while it was the Usos hit a mark, and then they then the New Day hit it. Mm-hmm. Usos then New Day, because Usos was five-time champs before New Day was five-time right. champs. And same thing with six-time. Pretty much. The only time they let the Usos drop is if it's to the New Day. That's the way it seemed at one point in time. And you you look at they fuse that they had on SmackDown with the New Day, with the Bar, uh, the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh man, who's spoiler alert is my worst tag team. Um, 
it's funny because it's mine too. <laughs> I was just like, not not to like cut you off and like, you know what I'm saying? Do that, bro. First of all, these mallets would strike one. We should hit somebody with them first, just to see if we'll just get them prized up because they did like fuck Xavier Woods up a couple of times. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, the Usos is, and that's why I was just saying it was kind of hard to was gonna be like them and Raw, but you know what I'm saying? They haven't really won. They haven't won the Raw. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason for me to like have them as my Raw tag team. But like you said, though, when they I do, think they won them once, once probably. Maybe. But maybe the rain wasn't but... as significant as anything that they've done on SmackDown. Because all exactly. they run because those when they turned right? heel against American uh, American Alpha, and they was keeping Jason Jordan in the back. Damn, <laughs> bro, that was a horrible yet awesome combination move. If they turn yes. heels again, that's what they need to get back to doing. Like, hey man, it's Keila Sunrise Splash. That's probably what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck it. Probably what Jimmy Uso was drunk off of that night. And okay. Um well we've all been Bloody Brothers are our worst tag teams. So is there any reason why? Nope. Alright, cool. So um moving on. Worst commentator in the decade for SmackDown is JBL. That was this decade, wasn't it? Holy shit. Unfortunately. Because he got rid of Morrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely JBL. Really, just in general, though, um, he's never was just that great at commentary in the first place. If we just being honest. He, he was bearable compared to some people we've had. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry King Lover. And then I would Sometimes say this though, like he's gotten worse, bro. Like I've notoriety Corey Graves and got on commentary, the more the dick he's becoming. Yep. It don't help that now he I got his own. Real life persona is starting to slip to slip out more and more. Yeah, I think so too. Because now you just kind of starting to seem like a ho, you know what I'm saying? Now even no, I was now Google it to make sure, but I was I, I was two years off, but I was gonna put you know what I'm saying as as but that was like 2008, 2009 though. So he barely made the cut. Mike, you yeah, was so put definitely him up, put him up there for uh, worst GM too. Yeah, because you barely made it, fam. As far as some of the promos on SmackDown, um, what is some of your favorite? What's, what's some of your favorite one in the past decade? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you would really consider this a promo, but I am. The rap battle between the Usos and the New Day. Get X-rated like your boy, Xavier. Great. And you know, Right, because that was 
what the second time on TV they actually referenced the sex tape? Yes, sir. So it's like, bruh, yeah, I really ain't pulling no uh punches. And then they repeated the line on top of that, just in case you ain't heard. And then a look on his face. Oh man. Now I well this wasn't really I call this more of a segment, but when the shield came out and like decimated at the untake, what was that like 2013? I wanna say it was like, oh okay, mm-hmm. yeah, they they like for real, for real, you know what I'm saying? Like so I did enjoy that. Uh, you know, the, all the team hell no stuff, you know what I'm saying, with the counseling and all the stuff like that that they did was, was great. And I could probably this probably on a personal note because I was when it happened, but like being there to hear Daniel Bryan announced that he was cleared to wrestle again and shit, like I'll never forget that. You know what I'm saying? Because that was a Big. That was a big moment, you know, because. That's how I feel about you being there. You'll be out. But um, but just think about it though. Like none of us expect that to happen again, and for like that to happen when they was, you know, what I'm saying in that. I had to like see that announcement, like, bro, like they didn't even Did show you read the spoilers, or was you unaware? Nah, like I was unaware. But like they, they show like a little graphic. Everybody like jumped in, and then like like once everybody sat down, they showed it on like then you know, little whatever. Like yeah, it was it was yeah, it was some good shit. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, shout out to shout out to wrestling in general over the past decade. Um, I know everybody loves the app and all that, but if you're just talking about just pure quality wrestling. You go, you this is probably the best decade for wrestling. And that's just in my own personal opinion. Think about it. This decade started off with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in TNA. And it's ending with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in WWE. Started out with John Cena being featured every fucking week. <laughs> John Cena haven't been seen since WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Or was Mania. he wasn't that many this past year. Nah, he wasn't in no pay per view this year. So was it that SmackDown? So, yeah. Yeah, so was it that Yeah, probably that. Becky Lynch? Yeah. They Becky Lynch doing that. So the 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 dynamics that have changed. The fact that, you know, it's 2019, and in a few days, it's going to be 2020, and Ron the Truth Killings is still out here making the check every week, and now he's, yeah. I believe, a 30-time, 24-7, 7-Eleven, 24-48-year continental champion. And is one of the most significant and entertaining parts of, like, at 50, fans. 
Like that says a lot. And it's bro. And it's like as much as I hate it just because he deserves so much more than to be relegated to that comedy role. I'm glad that that comedy role is giving him consistent TV time. I definitely, and just one more thing just to add to that. When you think about how Vince smaller indie guys, and now when you look at successful people in the company, is like the Daniel Bryan, the Seth Rollins, the AJ Styles of the world. So, to deny days from until now. With that being said, remarks, tell them where they can find us, sir. You know what time it is, you guys. Uh, like, subscribe, follow. Too sweet, you know. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to keep it PG. Um, you can follow your boys at High Flyers Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Following us on all podcast networks at High Flyers Podcast, High Flyers Wrestling Podcast, or just type in High Flyers and look for that logo right above my head there. Yeah, that one with the golden ring. Look for that because you don't even have to type it in right as my homeboy Chad found out. He typed in High Fly E and we still popped up because we out there. Um, yeah, damn you can right. follow us on Twitter at Podcast Flyers because your boys do be dropping some quite hilarious tweets and retweets. Shout out to your boy Dom for being on top of that social media stuff the past few weeks because I've been, you know, out living my best life, being unfaithful <laughs> to the show. Uh, you can follow Dom on Twitter. Wait, that way, that way. There we go. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Snipes 21 follow me on Twitter at underscore wrong way. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. See? <laughs> it is a little bit, it's more confusing. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at underscore Bobby Digital. Um, you can obviously listen to this. We're going to give y'all something. If y'all don't hear back from us until the beginning, Definitely gonna get something for the end of the year. And what better way to end of the year, you know, to give y'all our wrestlers of the decade or an AEW's case year? But we haven't been but the short run we've had so far, sir. Appreciate you riding with your boy. We actually on some AEW shit now that I think about it. Yes, because, I mean, as long as AEW has been around, so has we. Yeah, so, you know, we all, we, we gain steam just like with the other products. But that being said, you should probably count on probably not hearing from us because, I mean, Raw was horrible. Unless NXT gave us something fantastic, that's that's the only way. But um, for your boy, Don, we'll catch y'all next time. Y'all enjoy y'all holidays. Be safe. Don't do anything we Peace. wouldn't do.